Welcome back, everybody. This is Please Stop the Podcast. It's where – what is it? I fuck it up every time. Honestly, we just start, just keep listening. It's we. Welcome back. This is the podcast. We we just we talk. Try it again. I want to do it again. No, I like that. All right. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening. You're listening to. to oh. <laughs> okay. Take three. Welcome back, everybody. You're, You're listening, listening to. Please stop. What is the matter with you? You said that was my part. I just want to say you're listening to the podcast. It's a podcast. All right. Good enough. How are you? You, Katie's hungover. She's going to tell us why. I'm super hungover right now. I just did a dumb thing. Usually I have Mondays off. We always record on Mondays. But this week I had to go into the studio for a little bit today. And I knew that yesterday. And I knew I wouldn't have my full weekend, but I was like, fuck this. I'm not going to let going into work on Monday, like, ruin both days of my weekend. So, like, I'm going to go balls to the wall on Sunday, have a fun, fun Sunday. So then, like, I'm not as sad when I don't have Monday off. And so I did that, and I was not not well this morning. So I never drink tequila. I never, like, I'm just not a tequila girl. I know, I think it's like a Texas thing or, like, People who do like keto love tequila, like healthy girls, fit girls, they fucking love tequila for some reason. I don't know why, because vodka is so much better. It does not make you hungover. Vodka's nice and vodka chic and it is timeless and classic. Tequila is disgusting, but I drank it anyway, folks. <laughs> I personally don't know anything about tequila. I've gone on a tequila tour in Mexico. It was a little bit more exciting than the time I went to a gin distillery purchased on Groupon. And I just feel like brown tequila is scary. Yeah. Better known as mezcal, I suppose. I don't even know anymore. No, mezcal is clear. Okay. Watch The Truth About Alcohol on Netflix. I watched it like two years ago and I was well-versed in all alcohols and like what the benefits are. But all I know is if it's clear, you should not be that hungover. And tequila is clear. But the thing about tequila is I don't care how little sugar, I don't care how clear it might be, it's such a high alcohol percentage, you're you're just going to be more hungover. I feel like vodka is a lower alcohol percentage. I don't even think that's true. And maybe we're just crazy and it's all in our heads, but something about tequila, it just fucks me up. I do not feel good when I drink it. And here's the thing. If you're like out in the world and going to bars, you need a go-to drink. You need like a signature drink that is yours that is not basic, but that's not disgusting. Like your go-to drink can't be like like a Mai Tai. Your go-to drink needs to be something simple and effective that won't make you hungover. Well, you know mine. Mine is just still light beer or hard kombucha. I don't know. I've been having no sugar or like stevia espresso martinis. I love espresso martinis, but it's not that can't be your signature drink. You can't drink them all night. The signature drink is Michelob Ultra, the organic one. That's so healthy of you. It's the fitness beer. I was on a date this week and we were going, we like went to some really fun places in Williamsburg and then we were going to a house party and we stopped at a bodega to get alcohol to bring. And he was like, oh, what do you want? And I was like, oh, a Michelob. And he just shot me down. He's like, nope. <laughs> what else? <laughs> what else? And I was like, what did you end up getting? Deprived me of my shit beer. Um, still a cheap light beer, but higher on the hierarchy than Michelob. Do you like the way the Michelob tastes? Like genuinely? No, I don't like the way any alcohol tastes. And I, I know still have been over this and I don't know why it, I don't remember that about you ever. I loved saying that though. I love re-explaining myself. So I'll gladly get into it. <laughs> yeah. It's a good thing I have amnesia and don't remember any of our conversation. Do you ever wonder if you're prone to early onset Alzheimer's? Yeah, I do. You have asked me that before too. So. I think I am prone to it. I've probably repeated myself. I do worry about that because like multiple women in my family have gotten Alzheimer's. Anyway, tequila. So anyway, it's important to have a signature drink or just like a go-to drink that is unique, but not annoying. Chaz's Michelob Ultra, which is kind of annoying of her. Okay. <laughs> just kidding. No, I'll stick with 
stevia espresso martinis because that's more annoying hear me out they're sustainable also why is that gross stevia is good no something's wrong with stevia too no it's agave there was something wrong with agave well tequila is made from agave maybe that's why it sucks i don't know I don't know, just like the effort of making a bartender get stevia instead of sugar to make simple syrup. When you're paying $22 for an espresso martini, I hope that they go harvest the espresso beans. They're probably lying to you, to be honest. I bet you 100% someone has lied to you and been like, yeah, totally, it's stevia. And they just make it normal. (laughs) That's so valid. (laughs) Yeah, anyway, I watched you making your drink. You... You put like 10 shots of tequila in it. And I mean, it wasn't just for me. <laughs> we made like a whole pitcher. There were four of us hanging out and drinking it. It ended up making seven drinks. My go-to drink is a vodka soda with lemons instead of limes because it tastes better and it's cute. Katie is reformed. Her go-to drink used to be peach-flavored vodka with lemon, and I hopped on the bandwagon. I love a flavored vodka moment. Like that's still, that's in the rotation. I will spice it up with a flavored vodka. One time I put Merlot or some sort of red wine in a blender and made smoothies. And that was a good moment for me. That is disgusting. Yeah. This leads actually really well into one of the topics we want to talk about, which is your fear of cooking. Yeah. I just think it's unnecessarily stressful and I feel like I'm not alone in this. So much can go wrong in kitchens. It is such a deadly atmosphere when you take into account gas, fire, <laughs> heat. You're just saying like Out. elements right now. Hot. Water. <laughs> but no, seriously, if you really start thinking about it, you know, you're just casually eating up some boiled asparagus in a pan. You? It's flying everywhere. It's popping. Why are you putting asparagus in a pan with oil and not baking it? What are you doing? Maybe that's where I'm going wrong. Who puts asparagus in a pan and has the oil? Okay. I'm making bacon. I do that in the microwave. (laughs) I'm making bacon. Okay. I'm making bacon. Thank you. I'm making bacon. I'm just doing this because Katie's editing this week and I just want to give her more work. Anyway, imagine you're making bacon and there's grease popping everywhere. What if it just happens to permanently scar your cornea? It could easily happen to anyone at any point. What if you bump the pan and it splashes all over your breasts? Um, I did that not on my not on my boobs, but on my hand. I was making edamame once. The water was boiling hot. And I picked up the pan too fast and it splashed toward me. And so it, like instinctively I flinched away from the pan and the water just spilled all over my hand. And I got second degree burns on my hand. I didn't heal for weeks. You're proving my point. And hands are almost just as important as breasts are. Arguably more important, I would say. A lot can go wrong. I don't see how people are deep frying on their stove with no protective gear and enjoying it. <laughs> That's it. Hey. Hey. Hi. <laughs> I'm talking to my cat. That's how Katie talks to me. <laughs> it is how I talk to you. He has attachment issues. Why I feel weird at art shows. Not long ago, I went to this art show. And I realized I know absolutely nothing about art. But what I also realize is I don't want to. No, I feel the complete opposite way. As you do. Oh, because you have so much art in your apartment. She has Urban Outfitters planters. That's her art. That's not true. I have art that my friends make me. She's a dream catcher. I do have a dream catcher. No, I have that uh, screen print of Waverly that Sky made. I have a photo of the moon. I have this little print that I bought at a street market when I first moved to New York. But those are all like print arts. I mean like serious abstract paintings that no one knows what it is. Everyone's bullshitting each other. No, yeah. I'm certainly not claiming my apartment as a museum or a gallery. Definitely not. But I feel the opposite way of you. When I, You know me. When I go places, I like to be bougie as fuck, and I like to be snobby about things. I like to do it about wine. I like to do it about art. I like, like literally anything that there is in the world to be snobby about. Like, teach me just a tiny little bit about it, and I will run with it. This is where you and I could not differ more. I'm the white trash 
opposite end of the spectrum of that who's just like, where's the bar? What can I ironically Instagram for humor? I, You know what my favorite piece of art was at this art show was this fuzzy thing. And it looked like a rug that was hung up. I think it meant nothing. Everyone else is like picking everything apart and, and like talking about the history of the artist. And maybe I'm just disrespectful. I know a lot of work goes into art. I know it's important. I know there's a lot of emotions behind it. I just personally don't give a fuck. I'm so bored by talking about it, even looking at it. I, I, I'm happy with like your stuff, like a screen print. I have, I like Katie's print of her cat. It means something to me. Thank you. Yeah, but I, that's the thing. I, I like art that I look at. I'm like, oh, yeah, that looks cool. But I, I've gone to museums, and I've never felt more anxious and more out of place and more stupid. <laughs> I it. mean, the great thing about art, though, is that it is subjective. So, like, it doesn't really matter what the, like, right opinion about art is. It just matters what your opinion is and that you say it as loud as possible so that you can have an opinion. There's nothing more boring to me than people discussing their opinions. What do, you, what do we do every week, Chaz? No, no, no. Over art specifically. You're just waiting for me to get done with mine so you can tell me yours. Like, you don't even... 100%. That's so fucking boring. Something about it appeals to me. They had interpretive dancers there. Love that. I could not hold back laughter, and I know that up well yeah but like who's really sitting there being like this is phenomenal this is why i moved to new york this is it i'm just like this is like the millionth painting of frida i've seen and like i, I this is so monotonous and i was just it a frida Kahlo exhibit no but of course there's like a million pictures of her i'm like i've seen this so many times the New York skyline. It's like, we get it. There was art there that was made from Metro cards and that was actually really cool. But I'm not going to sit there and have a 30 minute discussion about it. I'm like, Metro cards, cool. I get it. Symbolic. New York. I get it. I don't have the mental capacity to appreciate art and I'm coming to terms with it. I can't force it anymore. All right. I was about to say, I love theater. I saw Dita Von Teese. That's not theater. I like burlesque. It is. Burlesque is totally theater. It's a performance. Yeah, I like performances. Um, I like movement. I'm like an animal. Like, I like sparkly movement. That's a, that's a great opinion to have. See, now, whenever you're at an art show that you don't want to be at, you can just say that to people. <laughs> They'll have to jingle the art in front of me and jiggle it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I just never felt more uncultured, but less motivated to become cultured. I was recounting old high school stories with my girlfriends this weekend and trying to explain to them how much of an asshole brat I was towards the end of my high school years. Like just, I wouldn't say I was a mean girl because I wasn't so nice to everyone and I was very anti-bullying and anyone in special education, I was always standing up for them and all that. But I still was a spoiled brat in the sense of my parents got me this brand new Xterra because it was safe. It was yellow because Louisiana rains a lot. They wanted to make sure I was visible. And I threw a fit because I didn't want yellow, like a little fucking piece of shit. And I did not value the car. And my favorite activity to do in it with my friend Charles was to go to Walmart and see how much we could propel the basket by driving into it, like the grocery carts. It was even more fun if some the Walmart workers were pushing them in and had a giant line of them, I would drive up to, to it, bump it with my car and knock it down. And I just and was thinking back on how reckless and inconsiderate I was, but I'm not going to lie when it was just a single basket and no one was around watching it fly through the parking lot. That was fun. <laughs> but one time this man with his, his daughter and his wife, he, he had a basket and I didn't see him. And I saw it behind my car because also watching people's reactions around, I was doing it for attention too. Like I, the people, the shock on people's faces when they would just, they would think I did it as an accident, but then I would repeat the behavior and they would just be confused. They had a basket in the back of my Xterra and I went to like floor, you have to like get traction. So I went to like abruptly back up to knock it over a lot because I saw people around. I wanted to be funny. And I stopped and realized the man, I would have run over the man in front of his wife and child. You might be a bad person for that. <laughs> yeah, I was. I really was. Like, 
I was out of control. No one was stopping me. People were encouraging this behavior. Everyone in my life encouraged it. That's insane. It was fun though. This is how you end up uncultured. Yeah, I like I like to drive through Walmart baskets. I do not like art. <laughs> Interests. <laughs> Hobbies. Take me on a date to the Walmart parking lot. Okay, should we talk about the Alex Cooper thing? Her roommate, Lauren, who's just riding her coattails, wet blanket Lauren, posted an Instagram or Snapchat recapping her the d- dirty versus clean martini as if anyone gives a shit. And in the background, you hear Alex Cooper saying, I was so scared or nervous to have a black gay man on my podcast. I think she just meant because she didn't want to say the wrong thing and to remain PC, but it just goes to show everything's so calculated and she's so scripted to make sure she comes off as this PC justice leader. And in reality, she's just like making sure she does and says the perfect thing so she doesn't get canceled. I agree. I think kind of the criticism over this is a little unwarranted. People are like very angry with her for unclear reasons to me just for saying that she was nervous for the interview. Maybe maybe she was just nervous because she wanted to handle it properly and handle it well and give the interview and the person the time and space that they needed. Like it's okay to be nervous for a big moment in your job. And I don't think I don't know. I just don't think she deserves to be canceled by that. I think she should be canceled for her annoying ass fake voices. Recording on TikTok drama. My that's what she should be canceled for. But my yeah. thing is it's 2021. Black people have been around a long time. So have gay people. Why are you nervous? And if you really have no issue with them and are and associate with them and see them as equals and all these things, why are you nervous? I mean, I just think we don't know who the guest is. So it's like I don't know. Maybe there was something important going on with them that we don't know about that like she was nervous to talk about or what. I don't know. I don't think that alone, though, is enough to just be like, oh, you're a bad person who doesn't like black or gay people. It's just like, okay. No, I don't think it's that she doesn't. She obviously likes them, but I think she doesn't associate with them enough, but wants us to think she does by having them on her podcast. So she comes off more PC. Well, yeah, that's the bigger problem there is that she's never had. uh, She had one black guest. She had one black girl on and did not credit her in the title. And being black? No, she didn't like she didn't write out her name in the title. Like oh. every other guest she's ever had, she used their full name in the title. And the one black girl she had, she did not. End of story. She's annoying. Agreed. Do you want to get an ant farm? Yeah, I do. Explain this to me. I've gone through my frog phase in New York. I thought about going through a beta fish phase just because I want to be a martyr and be the one. I'm a social justice warrior. I want to put a beta fish in a bigger space. I don't want to clean a beta fish. An ant farm is a living creature I can take care of that I don't have to exert any energy to. You want to take care of insects that seem to take care of themselves just fine on the sidewalk? Yeah, probably. Do they need care to be taken of them? Probably not. What if it breaks and the ants are just in your house? (laughs) I'll call the cops. What will you name them? I'll call 311. I would name them all Ant. I would name one not Ant. All right. You're going to be a really good Ant Mom, Chaz. I know. I thought about getting birds. Did we make merch that says Ant Mom? That sounds incestual. Ant Mom. Uncle Dad. (laughs) I entered my period wrong to my period tracker, and I realized I'm entering pre-PMS. Uh, so the amount of time that you spend talking about your period as though anyone else gives a single shit is absurd. I promise you I don't care. I don't have anything else going on for me. I love you so much and I don't care. What else am I supposed to talk about? <laughs> Literally anything. My life is meaningless and empty. I've n- I have my period tracker. There's I have no personality. I have nothing else. No. To the you have your period tracker. You have no opinions on art. Yeah. So you drink nasty light beers. Yeah. So I'm, you own an ant farm. Yeah. Well, that's why I want an ant farm. So I can, it's like an icebreaker. Like I meet people at parties and I say, Hey, I'm Chaz. I have an ant. Honestly though, I'll put everyone on to the best period tracker and it's Eve. I disagree. Also a good soul cycle instructor. Great soul cycle instructor. Shitty period tracker. What's your preferred period tracker? 
It's the Life Fertility Tracker, and it is so simple. It's just a calendar. All you do is tell them when you're having your period. It automatically gets to know your cycle the more that you use it, and it just tells you when you ovulate, and it is so easy. What birth control are you on? I don't, you know I'm not on birth control. Oh, yeah. Well, how do you avoid getting pregnant? Tell everybody. Didn't we talk about this last week? I use condoms, and I also use fertility awareness. So I have this tracker. It tells me when I'm ovulating or like the week that I could be ovulating. And we just use condom during those weeks. You can be honest. You ever use the pullout method? Absolutely. Because I know my body and I've been doing this for years and years and years. I've never had a pregnancy scare. I know myself really well. Like I'm not being on birth control means that I know like my body signals really well. So I know when I'm ovulating, I know when I'm not. And I've literally never had an accident with it. So I don't worry about it. But I don't recommend that for everyone. You have to really know yourself. And if you're the type of person who is forgetful or not going to actually like look at your tracker ever, I don't recommend this. Do you think the pullout method is more or less reckless than basket tipping at Walmart? It's a good question. One could lead to life being given and (laughs) one could lead to life being taken. (laughs) Which is which? Hmm, I think basket tipping is a little more reckless. Basket tipping gave me life. So, okay, fair answer. I have the copper IUD. I don't think I've ever discussed my IUD on the pod, have I? No, do you want to talk about it? That was traumatic for you. Yeah, for many reasons, which one day when I'm feeling more open, I will get into. But I like the copper IUD. I have very heavy periods, but I also have no hormonal imbalances or fluctuations and there's no chemicals nor no hormones. It's just a piece of copper, which our bodies naturally produce and it's just chilling. Um, I've had past boyfriends tell me that they can't feel it. Occasionally my string would get a little pokey. And then in that case, we just stop for a second and it's kind of a bonding moment. Usually they move it or I move it and you keep on going, but that's the only downside. Can you feel the strings? Like if you reach your hand up in there, can you, can you touch them? Yeah. Some girls can't. Some, the strings just go MIA and you hope for the best. You know what? I actually do have something I'm kind of fired up about. Okay. People from California need to stop moving to Austin. If you are listening to this and you live in California and your friends have moved to Austin and you're thinking, oh, hmm, might be fun to do a little hey howdy down in Austin. I could be Southern. It's country down there. It sounds great. It's a liberal city. Like I could move there and be really happy. Why don't I just go do that? Do not. Can I dispute? You may. But if your dispute is that I moved here from somewhere else, invalid because I said specifically Californians. Well, what makes that any different than moving from another big city like New York? Because it's these fucking Silicon Valley people that are coming down here. They are bringing their homeless crisis. They are bringing their housing crisis. They are driving up the prices of our homes. And it's all these little tech people who think like, oh, because of the pandemic in the last year, they're just like, I don't like California anymore. It's closed. Like, let me go to Texas because Texas is open. It's like, get the fuck out of here. You are ruining it. Everything that was good and cool about Austin, you have fucked up and it's not good or cool anymore. So you ruined it already. I am at the point of like open hostility. If I meet somebody and I find out they're from California, I'm like, that's cool. Go back. You need to give it more time for things to normalize more and realize they're not all just coming from California. They're fine if they don't come from California. I'm okay with people moving here from places that are not California. There's there's people driving up the prices from New York too. Yeah, but I came from New York, so then I'd be a hypocrite. I still, I'm not going to lie, I think this is hypocritical. But I did come here three years ago. I didn't come in the middle of a pandemic, just like on a whim because all of my friends did. And I was like, hmm, why not? I don't have to go to an office anymore. Like, no, I consciously decided I wanted this to be my home for very specific reasons that are now like kind of going away because I don't want to fucking live in California. I would have moved there if I wanted to. What are the main things besides... Rent was always going up in Austin. I understand, obviously, it's probably gone up even more now. It's not about rent. It's about, like, actual home prices, like, land and property. And, like, if you wanted to buy a home, that was doable a couple years ago. That was doable six months ago. No, not six months ago. That was doable a year ago in the beginning of the pandemic. It is no longer even, like, a possibility for most people that I know. I will say 
it's not just Austin. My friend in Denver who just closed on her house, she went through hell trying to buy a house. It was a bidding war. She was offering yeah. 30 grand over the asking and still getting denied. But there is like bidding wars. Like if you don't automatically ask over asking, I thought she was getting played by her real estate broker, by them encouraging her just to initially offer over the asking price because it's more commission for them. But turns out, no, like she consistently got rejected and she has great credit, great everything. Okay. I think you're making valid points. I think you need to be less hostile because there's some people moving here from California who moved here for the same reasons you are. Cause Austin is wonderful and they're not they're wonderful. It kind of sucks now. I'm not even going to lie. You going to move back to New York? No, I would not move back to New York, but I'm considering other places. Where would you move? I don't know yet. Something to think about. I'm shocked that I had no idea you felt this way. And I'm really floored because I never thought I would hear you say these words. I mean, I love Austin and I like intended for this to be my forever home. Like I moved down here thinking like, this is where I'm going to start a family. This is where I want my life to be. And it still is, but just not if it keeps going the way it is. Well, this is a prime example of we should never become too committed to the future because things always change. No matter how much we love something, things can change, uproot. We change our minds. Yeah, and you're allowed to change your mind about things. Yeah, but that's a very bold decision to change it about, but it it just shows how likely it is to change. Even If I would have asked you a month ago or three months ago, whatever, would you ever see yourself living anywhere else, you would have passionately said no. And, I've- and I'm not saying I'm going to pick up and move tomorrow, probably not even in the next couple of years, but it's just something I'm thinking about. If I want to have my money grow, like if I want to invest in real estate, I would love to do it in Austin. I would make a shit ton of money, but there's no way that I can ever, like I cannot afford it. You can't compete with people who are coming in with all cash offers and you know the list price of a home might be $500,000. It'll sell for like seven ninety five, all in cash. It's crazy competitive here. Buy an apartment. In my opinion, you should never. Your the first time you buy a home, it should never be your forever home. It's your starter home, and you. It's strictly for resale value. So it's a stepping stone for your forever home. But also, there's no such thing as a forever home or forever anything. But I'm just saying, maybe to get some leverage, because I can't see you moving anywhere where it's less expensive to live as far as like the suburbs. I your city. No, I wouldn't move to a suburb. Austin's got a great resale. Austin's a college town. I would, if you can buy an apartment, rent it out to some college kids with rich parents, use that money to buy a house in Austin. I wonder if there, I'm sure there are apartments for sale somewhere in Austin. I think so many buildings are rent only, but cause you don't really hear about people, like people own condos here, but they don't, really own apartments. So that's something to consider. I guarantee you there's options for that. I was looking, I, w- I was even looking, but yeah, these, these are things women in our age range don't talk about enough because we don't even consider the homeowning buying process, but we really should be having these thoughts in our mid twenties because that's the one way to have something leverage and not have to rely on a man not have to have our name on their lease, not have to pay them rent, not have to have them buy a home and we live in it until they break up and then you're out on the streets. These are women should start looking into real estate investments. It's more doable than you think. I completely agree. I think it's way more doable than you think. My little cousin Brittany, she has made a ton of money this way. Like she's been doing this and buying homes and like fixing them and renting them out to tenants for her entire career, like since she was 18 years old, she's been doing this. She's so smart. She's done it in such a sustainable way to like build her wealth over time. She's just awesome. She's got a ton of great resources on TikTok. This is our, you know, next advertisement. Follow my cousin on TikTok. She's great at real estate and she can answer your questions. Oh, I was just with Christina earlier today. We had a little meeting at Soho House and she is coming out with mini skirts for her tennis line very soon. So love means nothing. We'll have cute mini skirts. Yay. That's our second ad for the episode. Thanks for listening and support our sponsors. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think it's doable for you. Just take more baby steps and look at a different route. I don't think jumping into a home makes sense. I just know you wouldn't be happy living 
somewhere where it's not going to still be very expensive. Also, yeah, like maybe I buy a house somewhere else for like longer term plan, but don't live there and just rent it out. Like that's possible too. Uh, Me and one of my boyfriends, we were going to purchase Airstreams in like the Hamptons, like upstate area and just Airbnb them out. And honestly, it's I still am considering something along those lines. It's not a bad idea. People love Airstreams these days. They're very trendy these days. Okay, that was my please stop for this episode, though. People from California, please stop moving to Austin. Thank you. Mine is please stop having pedophilic tendencies. Ew, what? So recently I was thinking of strange, inappropriate behavior of my male teachers when I was younger. And I was discussing – I have this friend who – she was pursuing acting and she had a male teacher tell her, I'll, I think I'll only be seeing you in adult films, like negging her, breaking Ew. her down, not taking her seriously, discrediting her. And she ended up going to a very well-renowned university and making him eat his words. And I was thinking back to times some of my teachers were extremely inappropriate. Recently in one of my old high schools, there in the Baptist Christian cult school I grew up in, there have been multiple accounts of child predatory behavior, um, child molesting, full on sex with minors from like my former PE teachers and things like that. But I remember I never had a super direct, ex- like firsthand experience with something that bold. But I was thinking I had this teacher when I was in eighth grade. My, I was in a long-term relationship from ages 12 to 14, my first relationship, very cute, but he, he stayed home sick one day at school. And I had this teacher who would constantly playfully criticize me. I also was kind of ditzy, but like he would really be a little too critical of me. And it was almost mean sometimes, almost like how a young boy would flirt with a girl who was in eighth grade, but this was my actual teacher who was in his late twenties or early thirties and married. I never thought anything of it. And then Zach, my boyfriend at the time stayed home from school and we had a play practice and it involved all these props like swords because it's biblical. And the boys kept poking me in the vagina and in the ass with the sword because, you know, my boyfriend stayed home and this was their chance to flirt. And I was laughing it off, but also really uncomfortable. And I and my teacher would always AOL instant message message me, AIM, which also is strange to even have the screen name of your 12 or 13-year-old student and talk to them is strange. But I thought nothing of it, and I didn't want to be dramatic, so I didn't tell my mom. And I would just, you know, he would message me, and I didn't want to be mean and ignore him because he's my teacher. So I would message him back, and it was always at nighttime. And he never said anything that weird. But this time we were messaging and I was like, just so you know, today, some of the boys, like, I don't know if you saw or not, but they were really annoying me and making me uncomfortable. And I said it in a really meek, coy way, because again, I didn't want to be dramatic. And the whole time, mind you, he was our teacher and our chaperone overseeing this behavior and saying nothing. And it really got out of control. I was always such a shy kid. I was always scared to speak up. And I felt the need to speak up to him over AOL because he was DMing me. And I told him, I was like, they kept poking me. I said in the butt, I didn't say vagina, but I was like, they kept poking me with the swords. And he said, LOL, well, at least you didn't get pregnant or did you? What? And I said, LOL, no, I guess I didn't. I guess it's fine. And I just kind of let it go. And then I had this other girlfriend at school and I told her and her mom was another teacher at our school. She told me to tell my mom that it was really important. I still didn't, but this girl ended up telling her mom and it became a huge deal. And then he was fired. And then I told my mom and then my mom was freaking out. But then very shortly after he killed himself. In jail? No, he never went to jail. There was never press charges. He just lost his job and got like a new job. I don't know. But he called his the police and said, please get here before my wife gets here. And he shot himself in their basement. Wow. And I felt a weird sense of guilt. Like, oh, maybe he killed himself because he lost his job. But then my mom was like, no, he was probably perverted and a pedophile and couldn't live with himself. It's probably not the first time he did this. We probably just scratched the surface. I don't know. I was just thinking, like, 
Isn't that such a strange thing? Yeah, I I don't know. I wonder how common it is because I also had a gym teacher get fired for sexual, I don't know if it was the harassment or assault or just like sexual stuff with minors at my elementary school after I moved to Michigan. I remember I like went to his trial. We like had to testify. There were a bunch of us who like had the day, you know, they pulled us out of school for the day and we had to go to the court like a bunch of girls had to testify at his trial and I never ended up having to testify because I don't, I don't think my story with him was like that. They probably just like didn't need it in order to make their case. All that he had ever done with me was hug me for a really long time once. And that was it. But I guess there were like enough kids came forward and enough was weird. Like he lost his job too. I have no idea what happened to him because I was so young. I feel like everybody has a story. Everyone has a story and it's, and now We're thinking about them more because back then in the early 2000s, it was uncool to make a big deal out of stuff like that. Like you should be flattered or I don't know. It was just so fucked up. At least that's how it was in my upbringing. Not with not my like not my parents raised me to always stand up for yourself and tell them everything. You know, you didn't want to be that one student making a big fuss over nothing. Or it depends too. There's such power dynamics at play because the type of student I was, I was a people pleaser. Like I wanted to be teacher's pet. I wanted to be the favorite. I wanted to be the best. Like I was so competitive academically and like with everything. Like I just wanted to be noticed by the teacher. And so like there's a weird power dynamic at play there too, where if a teacher is taking advantage of kids, they could really use that to their advantage. But the kid might not even understand that something is wrong because they just think, oh, I'm getting special attention. I'm the favorite. Yeah. I almost felt privileged that he was DMing me. Like I thought, oh, he's so mean to me and playful in class and always giving me a hard time. But he clearly likes me because he's privately messaging me at night. That's fucked up. Terrifying. (laughs) I had a neighbor who used to DM me as well, but he was harmless. Like he was just my down, my down the street neighbor in a very innocent way. Like I never thought anything of it, but my screen name at the time was blonde vixen 66. Even though at this age I was 10 or 11. She's always been exactly who she is. (laughs) Blonde vixen, 10, 10 year old. But while DMing me one night, he, his name was Mr. Ed. He stopped in the middle of it, but it looked like he was still typing. And I found out the next day, his wife found him slumped over the laptop dead. What? He died in the midst of DMing me on AOL Instant on AIM. Does that give you trauma? Well, no, here's the thing. His wife sees a conversation with someone named Blonde Vixen 66. And for months after his death, I think she thought he was cheating on her. Probably. Isn't that terrible? That's really bad. Because my mom and her were talking and my mom was like, you know, Chaz was talking to him that night he died and he stopped responding to her all of a sudden. She was like, wait, she was talking to him. I saw he was talking to someone, but it wasn't her. And she was, what's her screen name? And my mom was like, it was blonde something. And she was like, blonde vixen? (laughs) And it looks like a light bulb went off and she looked so relieved. And I'm like, wow, I really hope I did not skew your grief process by you thinking your husband was talking to some like blonde vixen. It was really just the child down the street. That's wild. RIP in peace. Get well soon. Why do you say RIP in peace every time you're saying rest in peace in peace? Now all I can think about is how I can convince you without pushing you too far. Like just plant seeds in your mind to move back to New York. No, I don't want to do that. I'm definitely never doing that. I will never live somewhere where there's winter again. (gasps) Wyatt Austin just texted me. That 41-year-old guy. Okay, you know what? This is fate. Let's talk about this. So I'm, I'm in Austin right after I broke up with my boyfriend and I download my dating app. Also, by the way, when I first downloaded it, all these pictures of this twisted art that looks like skinless animal babies. As a joke, I had like a picture where my hair looked good and you swipe and you see all of this really gross art. But the way my Bumble connected my Instagram, it looked like my Instagram was one selfie and seven different posts of this gross art. And then recently it connected my Instagram again 
And I have a bunch of swipes of Meghan McCain and it looked like it was all Meghan McCain. Anyway, so I'm swiping. There's a super hot 41 year old and he's keeps saying, let's meet up, let's meet up. And each time I go to meet up, he says nothing. So I'm like, okay, you clearly don't want to. And we repeat this. I'm down there for like two and a half weeks. It keeps going on and on and on. And then I end up back in New York and he's watching all of my stories every day. And then he's replying to them saying, when can we hang? I was like, okay, I was already in Austin. I'm coming back to Austin. So let's hang when I'm back. The same shit happened. And to this day, he still replies to my stories still watches him. He just texted me, are you in Austin? Why would he think that you're in Austin? He wouldn't. I'm telling you, he's fucking weird. He just out of nowhere acts like- Months later, just decides to be like, oh, are you around now? I want to hang out. No, what the hell? I-, I am the queen of being like, yes, let's hang out and then never doing it. But this, it's, this is a different level. Yeah, this is just a waste of time. But you text me? I didn't even know. I forgot he had my number. Yeah. Okay. Dude, if you hear this, she's not going to hang out with you because you blew it. No, I might. You are hot. I might do it. (laughs) All right. Never mind. Keep shooting your shot. Best of luck. (laughs) Like round 17 of him shooting a shot and then it going away. Speaking of, so this like weird obsession that you had with those bald (laughs) skin, skin baby things, they were weird and gross, but you get these bizarre obsessions with dumb shit sometimes. Do you remember your obsession with infiltrating the Reborn Facebook group? Okay, I was happy. I'm so glad you brought this up because I did not. (laughs) Okay, I recently reactivated my Facebook. Listen to the energy that she has in her voice right now. I just want to point this out. She is so excited right now. I come alive. This is this is the most energetic you've been in this entire pod. You think basket tipping gives me life? My Facebook groups. It, it bring me to life. Full-blown evanescence in this bitch. I am resurrected. Okay. I'm having a drink with my friends and we were talking about funny Facebook groups. I was trying to explain to them the dead, the fake, the dead baby, the fake baby thing. I was doing a bad job. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to reactivate my Facebook. I'll show you. Can I just read through? I forgot all of the other groups I joined. (laughs) You joined more. Yes, please read them. I'm going to read through them quickly because there's about 60. What? Just hear me out. Let me start. P-E-N-I-S, penis encouraging niceness in society. I mean, people encouraging niceness in society, sorry. Redneck life uncensored. Sex doll. (laughs) Friends who like adult baby diaper lover community. (laughs) I hate Mondays, but I love Fridays. (laughs) Good Charlotte in all caps. Simply shrimp. It's just pictures (laughs) of exotic shrimp. Horror dolls. Creepy dolls to buy and sell. Donnie and Marie Osmond. I hate Chevy's fan page. Larry the Cable Guy fan club. Return to Amish, formerly Breaking Amish. Steve Craig and Marie Osmond true love lasts forever. American Girl Dolls on a budget. What? And just, I want to explain what we're talking about here. If you're listening to this list and you're like, what is happening? I haven't been on Facebook in 10 years. So on Facebook nowadays, there are private groups where you have to request to join them. And they have all these weird niche interests from the Osbournes, apparently, (laughs) to American Girl Dolls on a budget. And people can join them. And it's kind of like, it's like Reddit threads, but for, you know, adults who can't figure Reddit out or who like haven't made the switch over or something. And Chaz likes to request and a lot of these places you have to answer questions you have to like prove your commitment to whatever this niche is you have to tell them why they should let you in and Chaz likes to infiltrate her way into these weird ass niche Facebook groups and we're gonna hear some more of them now okay resuming we left off at American Girl Dolls on a budget we're picking back up at Marie Osmond Doll Collectors Female judo feet. It's a type of wrestling, I think. Christian moms against furries. Adult baby. What's the matter with you? This one I have to compare. The Wiggles fan club. The beautiful and famous Marie Osmond. 
Who the fuck is Marie Osmond? It's like, I don't even really know. I just know her fans are fucking wild. I, in all caps, I freaking love fishing. <laughs> PetSmart employees only. How'd you get in? Well, I actually did work at PetSmart. I don't even think that one was ironic. Oh my God, I have no idea. Of course I did. That's why I know so much about dog foods. I, you were also a vet tech. Oh, don't even get me started. Anyway, me and my gay friend. <laughs> I don't like this word at all, but I'll say it for the sake of the pod. You. Re- I can't see that. The screen's just white. It says fart club. <laughs> You just saw that one night and you were like, sign me the fuck out. I'm doing it to see the people in it. Okay. I also have Shrimp Haven, Barney Fans, Roseanne Barr, 90 Day Fiance Club, a a second The Wiggles Fan Club. (laughs) (laughs) And that's it. Wait, you skipped all the reborn ones. Did you get kicked out? Oh no, did I? Oh no! Oh no! Devastating. Um, no, I there. I was. I belong to so many. Some have got to be on there. Okay, I'm going to my groups. Let me just do a quick check. Yeah, I don't see them on here. So yeah, I used to join all these fake baby communities. They're called reborns. It's extremely lifelike dolls that people role play with. They take them out in public. They like set them up in scenarios, like smear food on their face, and they're like, "Little Tommy really is be- is acting up today." And everyone's commenting, like, you should try this this behavioral method to, to help him. Yeah, as though it's a real baby. Yeah. As though it's not a doll. But here's the thing. Part of me feels a little bad because some of these people have gone through a trauma, like losing a child. I don't know. In, the, in this case, I don't think any. I think they were just a little out there. Some people are just weird, but it is like it is a therapy thing. Also, for people who have disabilities who can't have children for whatever reason, they will do this and be part of that. So that's not yeah. Like you can always tell, and I would never make light of anything that's serious. That's terrible. But some people are just a bit regressive, and they just feel like this is their hobby is to play with these dolls and treat them as real children to each their own. But I was fascinated by it and I did infiltrate the community. I had to pose as one of them. I had to pretend to actually be a, someone who owned a reborn doll and I would have to post pictures of it. I would have to participate in the group in order to stay in the group. It's probably why I <laughs> out because I haven't participated in a while. I can't believe they kicked you out. I know I was really committed to it. Wow, your con, your con is up. <laughs> you got made. <laughs> I still want to infiltrate the Amish community. I think that's a great idea. And I think you could because your hair is so long and it's a natural color. Do I have horse girl hair? Yeah, actually. I hate that you just said that because like, yeah. I feel like I do. I feel like I need to give it a trim. It's a little Mormon. It's getting very long. It's because of all the scalp massaging I've been doing. I've been doing scalp massaging too, and I really do think it's helping. My hair's up right now, so you can't compliment me on how much it's grown, but I really do think that it's growing. I believe you. Thank you. What are your other favorite groups that you're in? I named literally all of them. You don't have favorites. The fishing fan pages. The shrimp and the, the shrimp. Simply shrimp is one of my favorites. There's some beautiful shrimp out there. People are sleeping on shrimp. Don't be sleeping on shrimp. And the fishing... (laughs) the memes of like like that one meme where it's like of course I come fast I got fish to catch I think it's my favorite meme ever that's an incredible meme it is a top tier meme I will yeah I'm gonna go yes with you on this one it is really fucking popular right now to hate on fishing girls are always like if there's a fish in your photos on your hinge profile i will not swipe right like girls are bitches about just these boys they just love fishing we just love fishing i'll start that group i'm gonna be i'm i'm on the fishing boat now i told you last pod i told you how much i enjoy fishing and you doubted me i did because i guess i had just never taken you fishing but like i did take you on a boat once and you wore the baseball cap and you drank the shitty beer and you looked right at home. I freaking love fishing. 
All caps. All caps. We like fishing. We freaking like fishing. I hate when people say freaking. Please stop saying freaking. Just say fuck. Yeah. Or friggin'. <laughs> That's the worst. That one's funny if you do it ironically. I think it's funny. I do have Freshly's I ordered. Word to the wise, never fuck with Freshly. It is inedible. Fascinating. Tell me more. It is disgusting. It's First of all, it's expensive. It's normally like $60 for six meals, which, okay, that sounds inexpensive. No, I would never pay $10 for a microwavable meal, and they are not good quality. It is actual mush. I have to throw, I never waste food. Katie knows this. I will eat actual trash. Traz eats garnishes. Like she's the person, you know, like you get a burger and there's that like weird wilted piece of lettuce on the plate underneath the burger. Traz will eat that piece of lettuce. I eat garnish and garbage, but I will not eat freshly. I threw two or three meals away out of the six I got. I could not eat it. All right. This episode was sponsored by Freshly. Thank you again for supporting our sponsors. Lincoln bio for 20% off of Freshly. So I'm not eating that. I think I'm going to, I'm craving salmon avocado. I've had sushi so much lately. I've had so much sushi too, but it's all veggie sushi. My new obsession is Toro. Oh, love Toro. Toro is delicious. You finally started going to nice sushi restaurants. That's why you're obsessed with Toro now. It is better. It is like I mean, night and day. You can't go back to eating like just regular sushi after you've had really, really good sushi. It's, yeah. Well, here's the thing. I'm not about to spend $200 on my sushi. No, I wouldn't do it on like a regular night. But like, that's why even like before I watched Seaspiracy, if I was just getting like sushi from the place down the street, like delivery, I would usually just get veggie rolls because that quality of fish just is not that good. Yeah. And it, to me, it doesn't taste good after you've had like the real shit. It's just like, I don't want this shit anymore. Well, I need an update. Have you eaten fish? Yeah, I have not. Hmm. I think about the poke place multiple times a week though, Ugh. but I haven't had it, but I think about it almost every day. I get um, a bolt of stress when I get pokey because I feel pressure to get my money's worth. So I get every single topping just for the sake of getting it. And then I wonder what they think. They probably think that you're greedy. I am. You're just like out for your money's worth. Well, I mean, none of that is wrong. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. I hope you liked our new intro. Please subscribe on Spotify and on Apple Pod. And please leave us a review. So rate us, rate us with the stars, but also write a review if you. That was so inspiring. I can't imagine why anyone wouldn't do exactly those things after you just explained it so slowly to them. It was a thorough explanation. It was patient. Really, it was very patient, very kind. Um, Yeah. Rate us. Please subscribe. Leave us a review if you have the time. DM us if you listen to the pod and you like it, or if you listen to the pod and you hate it also DM us. Could be fun. Bye. Bye. Please stop.